This is the Partnership for the Arts Talk Show, where we talk art. Welcome to Where We Talk Art, a show produced by the Partnership for the Arts Group. Today, we have an excellent artist who recently had two pieces of his work accepted into the Biennial Art Exhibit at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. One of those paintings was awarded Best in Show. And we will talk to Tony Reinman right after this brief message. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us as we explore the world of art. You can find us on our Facebook page at Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find us on our new website at pftatalkshow.org. PFTA Talk Show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Where We Talk Art. Today, we have Tony Reinemann. Welcome, Tony. Thank you, Victor. I'm really honored to be here. <laughs> and I'm glad <laughs> to have you because your artwork is awesome and you won the prize for the best in show. Uh, you know, it was I was a shock, really. There was a lot of beautiful paintings Absolutely. at this show. This was an outstanding and show. I I was I was shocked. I you know, when I came in, I didn't they wouldn't announce who the winner would be. Mm -hmm. Um but we, you know, waited and they announced the second prize, third prize, the uh um, the various different awards, right. um, and then finally the last two prizes, and mine wasn't the first prize; it was the best in show. So I was like shocked. Isn't it that was, great? It was great. It was. That, that that's such a great feeling when you get that kind of confirmation yes, yes. about all of the time. Oh, definitely, yes. You put into your work, especially that piece took me uh, probably a year and a half to produce. You know that so, doesn't surprise me. You know. <laughs> That is an amazingly detailed piece. It is, it is. You know, it, I did work at the time I was painting this, and uh, so it was night times when I come home and I was determined to get this piece done. And so um, now I'm, I'm completely retired, so I'm devoting all my time to painting. Tony, tell us the inspiration or the, the story behind this wonderful painting. So the you know the painting basically is kind of a biographical piece. I was working in Long Island City, and I lived in Manhattan in a place called Stuyvesant Town, which is right over in Lower Manhattan. And I used to take the subway to work. It would take me an hour and a half to take that subway to get to my job, um, and I had a car in the city, so I decided let me start driving because it only took me twenty minutes. Wow, and, what a um, difference. I could actually see my building from where I worked, but it literally took me an hour and a half to drive during the rush hour because that's oh, when I had hour. to go in. They put me on a night shift, which I did not like. And what I did was I worked as a digital artist. Yes. Working mainly products, L'Oreal and uh, Movado watches and a myriad of, of different products. So this products. is advertising related? Advertising, yes. So I would drive to work spend my night to about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, and then drive home. And I would go over this 59th Street Bridge, take the ramp up the bridge in Long Island City, and then over into Manhattan. And there was just something about that drive 
because there were nights when nobody was on that bridge, a few mm-hmm. cars, so it was very peaceful. And then you drive up, and it was almost like entering onto a, a, a stage, very theatrical, the way everything was lit. And um, I, I knew I had to paint this scene. I had to make something of that job worth going to Long Island City. You know, I had to, I had to create something <laughs> out of that experience of working there. When I, when I create my art, I want to create a narrative or some kind of a story within mm-hmm. the piece. Yeah, I can see um, that. You know, I would drive over that bridge at night, and I, it was really a spectacular view. But then I'd always think about how beautiful it was before all this was put in, built. Long Island City, Manhattan. You know, it was a beautiful part of the Northeast with mm. the swamps and the rivers and the um, the Palisades, you know, the cliffs. But now yes. it's completely been transformed. You know, I would imagine what it would, would have been like before man came in and settled and developed it. And that's why I decided to put a um, Hudson River School painting uh, over the entranceway of the, the ramp of the bridge, the 59th Street Bridge, that goes past the Silver Cup Studios, which is a, um, it's a production house. It's for television and, and movie production. And, um, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. I was wondering yes. what Silver Cup was. It is, yeah. In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, it says cup. Could it be a kind of cupcake? <laughs> it used to, to be. It used to be a bread factory years ago. My yeah. father went to Long Island City to you work. Mentioned that, yeah. Yes, he took the subway and bus to go yes. there every single day. But he didn't like the commute either. Yeah, that's right. You know what? It's changed so much since those since those days. I'm sure when your father, because back then it was all industrial and it was warehouses. Yes. And then when I started working there, it was still that way. But then the development started, so there were towers being put up all over the place. And so to me, it's like a little metropolis right now. No kidding. Um, right over the other side of Manhattan. It's Long Island City is part of Queens, and it's just incredibly. Uh, Condensed with apartments now, and uh, you know, the, there's the, law, the the Museum of Modern Art has a space there now, um, PS uh, 22 or 122. It's really a interesting part of the city. Is it a beautiful part of, of New York? Not really. It's just interesting. Tony, let's take some time to talk about who and what are in this painting. <laughs> so I decided to put. Um, Myself in this painting with my cat, my dog, and we're sitting on a terrace, and I'm looking over at this Hudson River School painting, uh, which is lit over the the ramp. Yes, very and, brightly. Um, I'm kind of like in a state of um, deep thought, and I'm um, thinking about the habitat of what mm-hmm. that this part of the world used to look like, at, and that's what the painting represents, um, because it is a painting of the the Northeast, that part of the world, you know, yes. the Hudson River. Uh, so I, I've also filled the apartment that I'm in with the animals that lived in that habitat, which no longer can survive there. So it's kind of a whimsical, kind of a little crazy idea, you know, but but I, I wanted to do it because it was something that was part of me and because um, I love nature and I lived in New York for 30, almost 40 years. But I always had to get out of New York City, and I would go up to the Adirondacks, climb the high peaks, and, you know, I was a hiker. I always had that, you know, that connection with nature. Right. And living in New York, depending, Central Park is great, and where I lived in Stuyvesant Town was very nice. They had a little park there. 
in general, it's just devoid of anything that's natural. But anyway, I, I know what that's like. When I was a kid, uh, I lived in Queens, uh -huh. and on my block, on my side of the street anyway, I was across the street from a public school. There were no trees. There was no grass. Nobody right. even had a flower pot hanging out their window. Uh -huh. I mean, it was just cement and bricks. Yeah. Yes, that's all yeah. it was, and paving. Yeah. I you was know. so glad when we moved out to Long Island, a little further out. I'm glad you explained why you put those animals in, in the apartment that, mm -hmm. that was there. Because I'm thinking, okay, you know, here's, here's a squirrel, here's a fox, here's a... There's a I think you know, there's a bear in there, there's a, a, a possums or... Yes, and a possum. But, but they were all peaceful. Yes. You know, there was, there was yes. no one animal trying to attack another animal. And I was wondering if that was a message in itself. You know, it, it is. It, well, to me, it's like a sanctuary for that, these, these animals. There's a number of paintings I've, I've done. The same theme that kind of is based on a painting um, called The Peaceable Kingdom. It's a painting that was done in the 1800s. It's a, uh, a visual of uh, animals and maybe Indians and the British or the uh, Americans settlers together in a scene of... It's like a, a scene where they're all commingling right. and at peace with one another. But anyway, that that's one of the things of my my work. Oh, I see. And and like so. you said, you you put yourself in there. And so yes. I looked at a lot of your other work, and I say, okay, Tony's a little bit of, of uh, Alfred Hitchcock. You know, he he had a reputation that. Even though he was directing the movie, there was always a scene where he was going to be like an extra, walking out of a door yeah, or on yeah. a bench reading a newspaper. And, and you're kind of doing the same I, thing in you your know, work. I know it's true. I never thought of that. But yeah, you know, the reason why I use it myself in a lot of paintings is because I'm convenient, you know, to get someone to come in and sit for me. And I just don't want to put anybody out of their way um, because I'm very slow when, as I work. You know, mm -hmm. and I really have to think things through and rework things. And so I just use myself. Alfred Hitchcock is a great example. Um, I love Alfred Hitchcock's films. Me too. And I love film noir. Me too. I love the low-level lighting. And that's another thing that really inspires me is the, um, the mystery and the, the kind of um, the way things are, are lit. And the, and the, I love working with black and white, too, because I've been doing yes. a lot of black and white drawings that are based on film noir. Oh, yes. I, I can recall one of your pencil drawings where the light is coming through the Venetian blinds. Yes, yeah. And the, the slats. Right, the, right. right. Yeah, that, that's very film right, noir. Right, yes. it is, it is. And of course, I put uh, I put a cat, which was my cat. I don't have him anymore. He's passed away last year. Uh, you know, I put this cat on the, the, this office table in mm -hmm. this uh, New York City um, office with uh, Venetian blinds. And the sun is setting, so this the the lights coming through, creating the the light the, the effects on the, the walls. There's also a pigeon uh, trapped in that inside office. looking out, yes. <laughs> right, trying to get out. So <laughs> I was wondering about that. You know, I, I want to create some kind of a humor. Life is too serious, so I want to add some kind of humor to the the pieces. Oh, I love you the know. whimsy. Yeah, but but you do that, it in a style that that is I so <laughs> excellent. In fact. I, as I'm looking at the painting that won, uh, again, the title, Long Island City, and you have so much in there where you can look in the windows of all these apartments and you see there are people in there. Right. And, and even in some of your, your other pictures where 
there might be a, a framed photograph on a person's dresser or, mm-hmm. or desk. Mm-hmm. And you, you really painted that, that photograph in detail. And I'm wondering, like, in real life, what is the size of this photograph they that you're are, painting? Yeah, they're, 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 they're small. Um, you know, I always love the Persian miniatures. Although these are not that miniature. They're, you know, they're a couple inches in height. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the, the, the drawing, uh, say the frame of that table. So the, the drawings, you know, can range from 15 inches to 20 inches, you know, uh, height and width. But um, I do like putting in very small detail yes. and creating, I don't know, creating the pattern and creating an interest um, instead of, don't ask me why, people tell me it, it's not necessary, but I, I feel compelled to put it in detail. I mean, I love looking at things of nature, shells, and, and uh, I just love the, looking at detail, you know, natural right. detail of things. So why not put it in my art? Sure, why not? Well, Tony, we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, I'd like to, to talk to you a bit about how you go from a vision in your mind about what the picture is going to be, and then, then the actual end product. All right, so folks, we will be back in just a minute. This is artist Tanya Gant and I listen to where we talk art. Thank you for that message, Tanya. And the listeners, you can see some of Tanya's work by going to her Facebook page. Tanya is spelled T-A-N-J-A, no Y. G-A-N-T. Before we left, we were talking with Tony Ryman about his art and particularly about his uh, painting that just won the best in show of the biannual National Art Exhibit here in uh, Punta Gorda, which is uh, one of the premier shows in the country. And so for him to win this award, it's a big deal. It was. I, uh, Like I said, it, the, the juror was Dean Mitchell and his work I mean, he is spectacular, and the yes. fact that he would single out my piece as the top prize, I was so blown over by that. Well, you know, so it was great. I, I interviewed Tony. I mean, I'm sorry, Dean. Tony. I interviewed <laughs> Dean via mm-hmm. Zoom. Mm-hmm. He was in his studio outside of Tampa, and I asked him, you know, what what made you like certain pieces of art? Like, how did you decide they were the best in the show? Right. And he said that the pieces have to talk to him. They have to say yeah. something, just like yes. you said in the first part of this interview. Right. And I could admire the skill that went into it, exactly. but it's not speaking well, to me. Well, that's true. There, there could be great skill in a, in a painting, but if it doesn't say anything to me, you know, so what? You know, what, you, know you do a flower or you draw a bird, fine. Uh, say something. Yes. You know, add a little more interest to that piece. Um, and it would be a really great piece, I think, if people just went ahead and put a little bit of uh, not only their skill, but a little to want to say a little something about themselves or about the world around them in that piece itself so yes. that the viewer thinks. Well, uh, specifically when you're talking and you're sending a message, people might see a message that's in your 
your painting that maybe you didn't even think of. And, and a specific example would be, once again, talking to Dean, he said that to him, the painting spoke about the isolation that can occur in an urban setting. Where he says, where you see that young man and his dog sitting outside, right. looking looking at the city, uh-huh. and I was wondering if if that at all even came to you, you know, as you were doing the painting. Um, it didn't really occur to me, but I notice with a lot of my work, the characters are always isolated or somewhat isolated, and um, and I'm thinking, does that have to do with my own personal, you know? something about me and maybe it does you know I think um, when I think about life I think we're all all of us are um, really on our own and you know we have to live with ourselves so we are in one sense isolated because no one can really get into our own heads or into our own hearts right and under, you know understand the things that we go through in in such a personal way so I I've always liked Edward Hopper's work and I think there's a lot of, you know, when I look at his work, he does maybe one or two figures. There's mm-hmm. definitely an isolation of going on, a loneliness in those paintings. Yes. And I think that, you know, when I look at my work, I do see that there, especially in the city. Because I lived in New York for so, for so long. You know, I'm, I'm not like a, a loner, only, only just when I'm painting. You know, which after a while, when I'm spending hours and hours and hours painting, sometimes I just want to get away from it. And I want right. to get around, you know, I need to be around people. What I like to portray in my, my paintings is the individual person within this mass of humanity. You know, everybody's got their own little personal lives and experiences and problems that, drill, that they deal with. And, you know, I like to try to create that in, in my work you know I like people to look at these windows and think all right what's that person going through or mm-hmm. um, some of the windows are you know kind of crazy I put some really wild things there only to make it a little more interesting Dracula but, was one window well the Dracula <laughs> it represented um, what we've done to the earth you know we're vampires you know we've sucked the life out of the earth and so there's a there's a window with a vampire um, fishing yes. in a little fish tank with one fish left in it, you know, yeah. and so that to me is just just uh, it, it's symbolic, you know. It's um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I didn't realize that there was a vampire in that picture until until I, I you, blew you to, up right, a right. section of the picture, it, right? And I said, and he's got a fishing pole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny people miss a lot of the what goes on in these paintings. Yes. Um, but that that was that was a small painting. It was. It was yeah, so, a small so what, like, yes. what size brush can you? Oh, use? tiny brush. Well, they probably have four or five hairs on them. Right. Um, there are triple zero brushes, or you know, they're very very small. The, the crazy thing about the brushes, I have so many of them now, and after a while, they're just not useful to me anymore because the hairs begin to curl on the ends, oh. or um, you know, some of the bristles fall off the brush, and right. I just doesn't hold paint, so I have to constantly buy Four hairs can't hold very much no, hair anyway. Not at all, no. My goodness. But do you use magnification? I do. I, I Now that I'm wearing glasses, I have to. Um, and Along with my glasses, I have this big magnifier 
that I put on the, the canvas. Yeah, I, I use um, magnification yes, also when yes, I do tight work. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, what, when I think about a painting, it, usually it's got to be something that speaks to me, uh, an idea, a, a visual that is going to mean something to me when I paint it. Um, I, I want to put myself into this, this visual. And when an idea comes to mind, it's, I let it brew in my head, and I'll just keep it there for months and months and months. And then if it keeps coming back to me, eventually I will decide to, to paint it. Do you start making little sketches of parts yeah, of I the do. painting? Yeah, I do. Yes, yes. Real loose sketches. Right now I'm working on a series of just drawings because I, it was strictly painting for me. Now I'm doing drawings because they're much faster, and, and I'm really getting into using just graphite, the pencil. Right. We talked about film noir, and there were a number of different movies um, from the 30s and 40s that stay with me that certain visuals from these movies stuck with me and I said I want to put this on paper and do it in my own version of that right. scene you know my you know a little twist I'll do a twist of that that visual and create something that's all mine but using that cinematographers or directors uh, idea yeah that special so, lighting that the lighting on. is spectacular some of these that there's a movie called um, uh, sorry wrong number and I think it's it's one of the best film noir visuals there there is with the, the lighting and the shadows and the um, uh, just the mystery and the mm -hmm. and I think it's based in New York it looks like there's a, a scene of FDR drive from the main window of the character who is uh, bedridden and she gets a phone call, and, and it's the wrong number, and it's two men discussing a murder, Ooh. and um, they can't hear her on the other end. You know, and she's she hangs up, and she, she calls the police. She says these two men are planning this murder. Of course, they're planning her murder. Oh. She didn't she didn't realize it. it was her husband planned this thing, but um, great plot. But it's a great. The visuals are so wonderful in that film. The the lighting. So I wanted to do some drawings based on that film right and um that's so that's what i've been working on um so there are a, a few other paintings or other films that i i am so inspired by that i would like to do something a takeoff on some of these films but another thing too is that i want to create is since i'm living in sarasota now and i'm no longer in new york i want to do some paintings dealing with florida nature mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it may be some scenes in Sarasota. I'm not really sure yet what I would like to do. There's the Opera House, which I think would be an interesting visual um, in my own All right. version of it, <laughs> you know, sure. down in downtown Sarasota. So, now, would you do and, this uh, at night? It, of course, yeah. It's going to be a nighttime scene, yeah. 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 So I, Something I about working with the darks and lights and combining the two things together. It, it really, it's more of a interest to me, you know, more theatrical instead of just oh, doing yes. a daytime scene. That's a good so. word, theatrical. Yes. It helps tell the story. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and I noticed that sometimes you have lights emitting light from within inside the building out. Mm -hmm. uh, like maybe there's a, there's a, a, a tower or a steeple, you might want to call mm -hmm. it that. And so the light's going out. But then there are these architectural features 
that are part of the steeple, and they might have lights somehow hidden within the exactly. architecture, you know, and they're right, shining right, down right, along right, the walls. Right, right, You don't know really where that light source is coming from. But, you know, I've learned, why do you have to be literal with everything? Why not create your own um, idea of where the light may be coming from, even if it's not reality? Um, as long as it works, as long as it ties but, that painting in as a unit. But it makes architectural paintings so yeah, much it does. interesting it does, yeah. to have not just this light source like from the sun during the right, day, right. but light sources that can be exactly. multiple colors, exactly. multiple yes. directions. Yeah. You know what I find really interesting lately? You know, since I've moved down here, it seems like it's the full moon every night. Every week there's a full moon. I don't know what it is. But the moon is so great down here with the way it yes. casts um, light on trees and the silhouette of trees against a, a, a moonlit sky. It's just spectacular. So last night I was out photographing uh, the moon and the clouds passing over the moon. It's great. It's great. So that to me, that's an inspiration too. Working with nature and, and it, even though my lighting may not be natural, that's what intrigues me is just the way it, it, it falls on objects and creates this mood, you know, you don't get during the daytime. That's right. When you're working on a, uh, on a painting or working on an idea, do you actually make a, a painted sketch of, of what you think the whole painting is right, going to look so, like? All right, it's interesting. So I will sketch out what I want to do. Let me tell you, my background is I was a photo retoucher years ago. Oh. I got involved in photo retouching doing dye transfers. This is before computers came around. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, you know, I learned a lot about uh, uh, removing dyes and applying dyes to photographs and then, you know, Buff, buffing it into the image so that becomes that locks in as part of the the actual photograph, um, and then computers took everything over. So yes. I became proficient in in computer technology. Uh, I started with the Quantel paint box, which uh, they still use, I guess, for movie editing and mm. and uh, special effects and that kind of stuff. And then from there, the Mac took over. So I learned the Mac. So what I do is I will do my sketches. I'll scan them, I'll put them into my computer. Sometimes I will take photographs, splice my photographs in, and start creating the composition that I want in, in my painting. And um, so I start from maybe a computer rendering. It's not a complete rendering, you know, it's right. just an idea. And then that goes to canvas. And, um, and then it's an evolution of uh, painting this image and then adding maybe adding things to it because I start thinking of more things that I would like to say in a painting and I th they may come later on and I'll add them to the piece I see so it's a it's a progression I don't have a, a solid image here, you know in my head of what I want to do I just know that it's got to be of a certain like the Long Island City Bridge you know the 59th Street Street Bridge I right. wanted to do that that painting of that bridge, but I wanted it to be more than just the bridge. And you did a great job. Oh, thanks. Yes. <laughs> I just have one more, one more question. Okay. And I'm thinking about the listeners who probably most of them, like me, are a, a hobbyist, still taking classes. Mm -hmm. um, but like me also, I want to, my work to get up to the next level. So what, what kind of advice do you give to us? Um, 
as artists who, who want to get to that next level? What, is it, what does it take to get from point A to point B? Well, you know, everybody's got their own style, their own... It, it, I think my, my art is something that is just... It came naturally to me, that type of uh, style. So mm-hmm. everybody's got a style. Right. The longer you stick with whatever it is, your watercolors or your oil painting or your ceramics, um, you start to notice that a style begins to emerge, something similar in each piece, you know, where you can, as someone can look at it and say, that looks like it's, you know, the same artist that did this. Right. Um, but I think that it takes, it takes time, basically. It takes time to create pieces, just keep working. And like I said, the, the, the point that I learned when I was at School of Visual Arts in New York, I had a, a teacher that was an illustrator. He used to work for, uh, did a lot of Time Magazine covers, uh, Robert Weaver. And he told me about uh, when I'm gonna create a piece, let it say something. Uh, you know, add a story, add a narrative to it. A narrative, good idea. So, yes. as far as, uh, you know, advice, that's, <laughs> it takes, just takes time. <laughs> it does, and it takes work. Yes, you learn on your, I basically learned on my own, you know, uh, what pigments work with each other, and right. and uh, it's, it's an experiment. I have to, I had to experiment a lot. Do you, are you at your easel or in your studio every day? I am, yeah, yes. Uh, lately, it's been just preparing for shows that I had. I have a, some prints right now on display at the Art Advocates Gallery, which is in, in Sarasota. And then I also have some work, all the original paintings that are on display at the uh, Sarasota Orchestra Building, the Holly Hall, which has a little, uh, little gallery in the foyer. of the. So the work looks great there. It really does. It, it looks beautiful the way it's lit, and I'm very mm-hmm. happy with it. Mm-hmm. So now, if they want to go see it, it must be limited times where you can actually enter. The, it is the, yes. The, 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 the uh, it, it's closed on weekends. The gallery is open um, nine to four daily. Oh, it is. Yes. Okay. So you don't have to have a ticket. To, no, you know, you just go in there. Can... Actually, that's the you know it's the box office for the orchestra also, and then yes. there's the the entrance into the uh, the orchestra, of the pit, the pit, whatever the yes. you know whatever the word <laughs> term yes. is I'm trying to okay. think of. Um, and, and if people want to go online and see your work, where they, they can. Right, my website is tonyreineman.com. Right. And my work is there, and uh, you, can, you can view it. And I have viewed it, and it's worth going to. People, you need to go and see Tony's work. Thank you, Victor. Thank you. Tony, it's been great for having you. And thanks for inviting me. I'm like, uh, I'm still honored, you know. And, uh, you know, I hope I sounded halfway, uh, you know. I think it was an interesting conversation. It's always interesting to listen to creative people. So we're going to say goodbye for now. People, you've been listening to Where We Talk Art. Today we were talking with Tony Reinman who just won the Best in Show in the Biennial National Art Exhibit in Punta Gorda at the Visual Arts Center. A wonderful honor, and he deserved it. We are so glad that you joined us. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Partnership for the Arts talk show. 